Welcome to the Garden Wise Show with Colorado's most knowledgeable and entertaining garden experts, the Garden Wise Guys, Keith Funk and Jim Borland. Get ready for gardening tips that you can use right now. New plants, hot products, and the latest from horticultural science. The lines are open, so call into the Legend Studio now. 303-477-2473. 303-477-2473. On the air since 1994, the Garden Wise Guys have the answers to your questions about gardening in the high-altitude desert of the Colorado Front Range. And now, here are your hosts, the Garden Wise Guys. And good morning, everybody. It's time for the Garden Wise Show with the Garden Wise Guys right here on Legends 810 KLVZAM. I'm Jim Borland, one of the Garden Wise Guys, and the other one is Keith Funk. He's sitting right over there. Can you see him? Yeah. Good morning. (laughs) That was a a rather silent good morning. (laughs) I'm running on empty today (laughs) for some reason. Okay. I haven't had enough coffee or something. (laughs) I don't know what it is. That must be me yesterday. Was that right? Yeah, we're going to do a garden show here this morning. The way this operates is that uh, it's up to you, the listener, and we hope the caller um, will give us a call at 303-477-2473. And that'll get you right in here at the studio, and Sean will pick up the phone and ask you all kinds of questions. What are we doing today? Yeah, what are we doing today, he'll yeah, ask right. you. <laughs> what? He'll ask you. He'll answer the phone and say, what's up? Yeah. <laughs> what's up? So, um, can, you, can you hear that noise in the background? Yeah, that's that. We've got a jackhammer in here. <laughs> no. They're trying to jackhammer a hole in the floor right here in the studio. Apparently. Or is that in the ceiling? Somewhere. Or somewhere, yeah. <clears throat> Somebody's doing something. I think it's the air handler, as they say. Yes, it's not, yeah. it's not handling things well. Yeah, it's, the, it's either the heating or the cooling. We don't know which one. But anyway, because we're 12, 12 stories up here. That's right. And it's cooler up here, don't you know? <laughs> <laughs> we're, we're closer to the clouds. I love it. Yeah, and it, speaking of which, it's uh, fully overcast clouds right now. That's a little unusual. It's supposed to be a nice, cool day today. It'd be a good I day for so. planting. <coughs> uh, yes, it would be. <laughs> if you had anything left to plant. Well, they do. I mean, always do. Jeez, give me a break. I was, I'd like uh, to see a little rain. Did you get any rain over the past week at your oh house? Oh, my goodness. <coughs> we got a storm the other night. Really? A couple nights ago, I think it was. It just started sprinkling and i didn't think much of it i was out in the yard and i was actually potting things up and uh <laughs> it really started coming down the dogs didn't want to come in out of the rain they they <laughs> seemed to like it okay all but right we, it poured poured hard i i could see all that going on from my place down done what i figured was probably where you live you know, lots of lightning and dark clouds mm-hmm. and thundering, and but nothing at our house. I mean, absolutely nothing. And friends down in uh, Castle Pines got hail. Ew. Tiny hail, but it was yeah, still hail. Nonetheless. <clears throat> we also saw something going on in the northeast from our place. Yeah. Again, uh, lightning and thunder, and I thought, okay, maybe, nope, nothing. Mm, I'm sorry. Not nary a drop. Didn't even chase our cat inside. <laughs> <laughs> and cats don't like rain. <laughs> no, they don't. <laughs> <At all. laughs> uh, dear, 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 dear. I made a list of, and I don't know what I did with it. <clears throat> is it here someplace? I don't know if I even brought it with me. Jeepers creepers. <clears throat> a list of things of that were. <clears throat> excuse me, of things that are that are blooming in my garden. I had a list of about twenty. I said that's enough. Jeepers creepers. There's lots of stuff. There's blooming. all kinds of stuff blooming right now. There it's is. Just a 
craziness. I have a question for What's you. What's that? I had a picture I put on Facebook. Oh, yeah. On Facebook. <laughs> of Trumpet Vine. My, not mine, my neighbor's. Uh huh. That I can see across the way. And it is gorgeous. My goodness, just covers the side of their garage and fence. And it's just stunning. So anyway, I went up and took some pictures. And I noticed how big the flowers are. Much bigger than mine. Really? And so I started looking. Are there selections of the ordinary orange trumpet flower that are bigger than ordinary, than okay. usual? I couldn't find anything. Hmm. Well, I know there are selections of trumpet vines. There are. And um, <coughs> I didn't... They're mostly color selections yeah. rather than size. Yeah. And, and there were some composite pictures of... Uh, of trumpet vine flowers, and they all look to be about the same size, different mm-hmm. colors and kind of different flower shapes, but nothing uh, that stood out. But these are noticeably larger. Well, yours must just be underachievers. It must be. So I am going to sneak over this winter and take some cuttings. Oh. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, so if you uh, read the newspaper that somebody <laughs> was sent to jail for <laughs> taking cuttings, <laughs> that'll be me. There you go. There you go. <coughs> I've got something blooming in my yard. I don't know what it is. I planted it as some sort of allium. It's definitely not an allium. (laughs) The foliage looks grassy. The stems are tall and wiry. And tall meaning, you know, 18 inches. Um, Thin, wiry stems that branch kind of candelabra-like up (coughs) near the top with tiny white flowers about the size of uh, my my pinky fingernail. Mm. And uh, I have no idea what it is. I thought mm. I was planting an allium because every one of them has an allium tag in it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, the, do the fo- does the f- crushed foliage smell like alliums? I haven't tried that yet. Oh, you should try that. But it's, 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 one, it's, it's more of a grass-like leaf because it has a midrib and it's kind of V-shaped. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. to me, that's not an allium because they're flat. The yeah, leaves are flat. Yeah, yeah, They're not. Yeah. Hmm. So I don't know. It, it's more of a grass-looking leaf. And the flower looks more of a grass-looking type, like a lily-type flower. Well, didn't, didn't you use your Google plant ID? <coughs> I'm going to have to. Yeah, see what... I <laughs> I, I read on, on, on Facebook, again, that people will post pictures asking other asking people, readers back... Um, what what is this? And they said they they went through their and I don't know what the app is, but some sort of app that, that identifies plants. There's probably more than one now. Oh yeah. Um, <clears throat> and they came up with cuts, which uh, <laughs> come up with items that clearly aren't that. <laughs> you know, they're, they're trees. You know, or the, mm-hmm. the, the the plant in question is obviously an herbaceous, maybe per, a perennial. And, and Google says it's a tree. <laughs> no, I don't think so. <laughs> now I've taken pictures off the internet like that. I mean, off <coughs> off of Facebook, mm-hmm. and run them through my the app that I use, mm-hmm. and come up with something totally different than what other people are saying. <laughs> and most of the stuff I see other people saying, I know is wrong. Yeah, <laughs> but I'm hesitant to put down what I think it is yeah, because right. You're not it sure. might be wrong. Yeah, <laughs> and, but a lot of times they don't tell you <coughs> number one where they are. I know. In the world. Boy, and, and realize that, boy, that makes a big difference. Oh, it does. It really does. If uh-huh. you're somewhere down in the tropics and you're posting a picture, uh, we people up here in the temperate zone, well, we can we can eliminate everything in the temperate zone because it ain't any of those. Mm-hmm. And vice versa. Yeah. But if you don't put, uh, if, you, if you're a Facebook user and you want to 
have a plant identified or a flower identified, please put down where you are. It that makes a, a lot. big difference. Boy, yeah. it just cuts out like ninety percent of everything in the world. Well, it also it also alerts if there's anybody <coughs> on that same you know seeing that same post that's near that lives nearby. Yeah, probably will know what it is better than somebody who lives on the opposite side of the world. Literally, <laughs> <laughs> that's right. <laughs> oh, anyway, you brought you brought a picture and showed me a, a newspaper article of I did. Japanese beetles. <coughs> I did. It's uh, it's gross. It is a gross picture. It happens to be Japanese beetles congregating on a sunflower. Mm. Uh, sunflower is facing down, and the beetles are all on, on top. And there must be, what, a hundred of them up in there. Yeah, there's more beetle than flower head. <laughs> there is. Mike, it just looks ugly. Yeah, it's and a whole article on Japanese beetles. Yeah, and I thought a couple things were interesting, just yeah. scanning through it. Yeah, Number it one, it says bags, the bag <coughs> traps. Yeah, if you're trapping them. Don't. They weren't. They were saying not to do it. That it attracts more beetles to the yard. Yes, on their way to the bag. <laughs> yes, they, they stop off on all your garden plants mm-hmm. and stay there. Yeah, and feed. And then number two, they mentioned uh, a product that we, you know, has been around a long time called Milky Spore, mm-hmm. and are finding that it really has no <coughs> effect. Yeah, it's just not very effective. If if your aim is to reduce the number of Japanese beetles, it's not very effective in doing that. They were. They did mention that in July, August, when it's the hottest months, don't you know, um, that the female beetle is looking for a moist lawn area. Yes. To lay eggs. So if you withhold water and drought your lawn, <laughs> make it let it go brown. Yeah, <laughs> the beetles aren't going to lay eggs there. Right. But then on the on the flip side of that, who cares? Because they fly a long way. So if your neighbors aren't doing the same thing, the beetles from that side of the... That's right. From your neighbors are going to come over to your yard anyway the next year. So if you're going to have grass, uh, they, another suggestion is grow it long. Yeah. Because they don't like to lay eggs in the tall grass. Mm-hmm. So I like that idea better. Yeah. <laughs> yes. So set your mower as, as high as it'll go. Speaking of which, I set it as high as I would go. And I have, we have a, a patch of uh, dog tough grass. <clears throat> yeah. <clears throat> and I hadn't been to that patch, and I won't say how long. <laughs> but I really, I thought I have to cut it. So I set the mower up as tall as it would go, and it looked like I had scalped it. Really? Yeah. So we're going to get a lot of dye back because of that. Mm. So if you have dog tough out there, people, uh, don't let it go for weeks and weeks and weeks and weeks without cutting. If but you want to maintain a nice manicured look. Yes, you, you really have to cut it on a regular basis, at least once a week. Otherwise, it's going to pout. Yeah, one, one year, shortly after we had it planted, I went up and I cut it. I made sure I cut it like every two or three days. Mm. At, oh, let's see, we got A, B, C, D. A, B, C, D, E, I think, settings on our height of our mower. And, you know, the Probably E half setting inch is, yeah, I don't know what the increments are. But anyway, I, I would cut it at the B setting, which is like the next to the lowest, mm-hmm. and keep cutting it there. And yeah. it looked great. Yeah. As long as I kept cutting it at B. If I let it go for another week and a half, two weeks, cut it at B, skeleton. Yeah. Big patches of died, died back. Comes back, but looks terrible in the meantime. Oh, no doubt. Oh, speaking of which, cutting things back. And then, uh, John, we're going to come to you here in just a second, so hang on there. 
he has questions about dead spots in his lawn, and I want to go find out what's going on. But I did notice that some of my perennials have kind of finished their flowering mm -hmm. cycle um, or have just gotten to be too, too big. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so I've been, I've been playing around with different cutting methods, mm -hmm. cutting back methods. Um, <coughs> I had a couple of Roseanne geraniums, and they have, to, they have a tendency to be these big sprawly things that yes. just clamber up into other plants, and, and they're getting out into the lawn, and I just said, okay, enough is enough. I cut them to the ground. And two weeks later, they're back in bloom. <laughs> <laughs> it's amazing. So I, I'd play with different things in the yard. Uh, Penstemons are another good one. Mm -hmm. um, I just cut back my Penstemon pinifolius that the flower spikes were done flowering on the, on the tips of all the branches, but then <coughs> the sprinkler system weighs everything down. Yeah. So it just kind of flattens them, and mm -hmm. they look terrible. I went cut, cut them back about 50%. And they look like nice little green shrubs now. All right. They'll, so, they'll come back and bloom. Oh, I'm sure they'll come back and bloom yeah. next year. I don't know if they'll bloom this year, but I don't I really care. Do. I just wanted to <coughs> neaten them up. They yeah, were looking a little yeah. sloppy. Yeah, neaten them up. Neaten them gotta, up. You got to have a neaten garden. That's right. <laughs> That's why I like my front garden. Yeah? There is no neatening up anything. Oh, is that right? <laughs> I do have to do a lot of pruning because things are not getting kind of out of hand. Yeah. Crowding each other. Well, you do have to watch that. Sometimes you have to decide which uh, which of the two plants is the more valuable yep. to you. Yep. And favor <coughs> that one. Yep. Do that all the time. Mm-hmm. Yep. All right. All right. Uh, why don't we get out to the phones here and uh, talk to John out in Castle Rock about his lawn. Good morning, John. Good morning. Hey, thanks for calling the Wise Guys. What can we do for you? Well, um, we have some areas in our lawn that are dead, and, uh, you know, it, it, they they started browning early in the spring and they just haven't recovered we had a cottonwood removed several years ago and these dead spots are showing up kind of where the roots were and we also are noticing a lot of mushrooms coming up around these dead spots mm -hmm. and um i don't know what to do about them nothing is trying to make any inroads into seeding back or growing back in or anything they just seem to be dead have you have you treated it with anything no we haven't okay um and is have you gone out and, and pulled on the dead grass like you're trying to lift up a piece of carpet no i haven't done that uh, we've raked a lot of the thatch out of these spots okay they're about the size of oh, about eight or ten inches around you know are they nice round spot or are they irregular no they're they're irregular oh, okay you know, they're just you know they're spots but they kind of tend to follow these roots yeah i think i think i know what may be going on because i saw it in my yard <clears throat> not with a cottonwood but with a a locust hopefully oh, thank you <laughs> he, he knows my yard better than me <laughs> <laughs> a locust that had to be taken down yeah. and uh and the roots were you know they were just like everywhere they went 20, 30, 40 feet right. out into the lawn. But anyway, um, <clears throat> I noticed we had some brown spots forming, and uh, I did some investigatory, there we go, <laughs> digging down there. And what I found was these huge mats of what I'm going to have to describe as mycelium or, oh. or fungi um, mushroom roots. Um, well, what does that look like? 
typically white. And what yeah. happens is, is there are so many of them down there, they form almost a mat underneath the, the grass. And uh, once that dries, it's almost impossible to get water down through it. Right. And so the only method to do anything about that is to see if you can't punch a lot of holes down through those. Yeah. And yeah. Let, let water get down in there. What about using some Revive in, in addition you to could, that? You could try Revive. I didn't try that. but That'll uh, help re-wet the soil. Yeah. Yeah, Okay. Uh, you know, another thing that I wanted to mention is that surrounding these spots, the grass seems to be more stressed. It will not stay green <coughs> and lush very much. Yeah, much. it's, it's it probably like being affected every other day. It's being affected by the same thing. The, these mycelium, if you will, the, the roots of the, uh, of the mushrooms that you're seeing, you know, they start expanding. They're feeding on the roots of your trees, what they're feeding on. Uh, right. And once that feeding stops, because eventually, you know, they eat up the entire root, uh, your grass can start reviving itself. Yeah. Well, what's yeah. happening is it's making the water, I mean, making the soil sort of water repellent. Yep. And so your oh. grass is going dormant. Oh, okay. So okay. I'd, I'd get yourself some liquid revive. Okay. And maybe a hand aerator that you can yeah. go through and, and punch... Punch holes in the ground in that area and use I've some revive. I've got a spading fork. Will that work all right? Um, the fork will work in making holes in the ground, but in the process, it, if you think about how the fork works or anything sharp like that into going into the ground, it, it compresses the, the soil around yeah. each tie-in yeah. of that fork. Right. So it helps, with, it helps create more compaction in the soil. Yes. Yeah, okay. So you're better off with the kind of aerator that pulls plugs out of the ground. Okay. All right. All right. That's what I'll look for. Yeah. Okay. Well, you've given me something to start thinking about and working on. All right. There's really nothing you can apply as far as a, a control, like a fungicide, to yeah. stop that from happening. There's right, just okay. too much of it in the ground Yeah. until uh, those roots are gone. When those mushrooms come up, should we kind of rake them out and get um, rid of they're, them? They're really, the mushrooms themselves are causing no harm. It's, it's the stuff that's underneath the ground yeah. that's the problem. Okay. So, yeah, you can rake them out if you want, pull them, what have you. Stomp on them, whatever you want to do. <laughs> yeah, it's it's just right. an aesthetic thing. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you very much. You're welcome. You bet. Thank you. We're getting brown Bye. patches in our lawn, too. And I just noticed because I'm looking at a different angle sitting on the porch, they're little green, green centers to all these little dead spots. Oh, yeah? Look at frog eye. Yeah, you do. <laughs> That's a tough one, I'll tell you. And it started early this year. Mm -hmm. Of course, you know, we had some 90 to 100 degree days. Right. What we think about is being early, and that's exactly what it likes. Mm -hmm. And we right. water like crazy and continue to water like crazy. So I'm, I'm hoping yeah. that those center green spots will move out and fill it up. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> this is also the time of year when you start to see a necrotic ring spot. Yes. And it's, um, that also looks sort of like a donut mm -hmm. in your lawn. Um, typically <coughs> less than a foot in diameter. Yeah. Uh, and, and the reason I make that uh, distinction is because anything that's, you know, like two or three feet in diameter that looks like a donut. That's fairy ring. Yeah, that's something That's else. not necrotic ring spot. But and a necrotic ring spot is something that's less than a foot in diameter, looks kind of donut-like, or sometimes they're in arcs. 
Not <laughs> Noah's Ark, but, you know, <coughs> yeah. a partial circle. <laughs> yeah, A-R-C, not A-R-K. Yeah. 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 And speaking of which, John, you might see that coming up later on, too. Yes. Now, the problem with that is the symptoms show up <coughs> during the stressful time, the hot, stressful time of summer in late July and into August. Uh, but the damage was actually caused yeah. much earlier in the year, um, April, May. So if that's the sort of thing that you're going to need to treat for, necrotic ring spot, that's uh, the conventional wisdom is that the fungicide to treat that is usually put down in April and May. Yeah, before it even gets started. Because by the time you see it, it's really too late to do any control on it. Mm-hmm. Which is a, a true for a number <coughs> of different lawn problems, like melting um, out true for a number of different diseases almost anything yeah exactly <laughs> once you see it it's too late to do anything about it right unless your your plant is one that continues growing throughout the entire season then the new growth you can protect like the lawn yeah. or roses is yeah. another one roses get about every disease <coughs> known to man and yep. then they make some up themselves <laughs> yeah they do <laughs> and it's the same thing that happens on uh, and this is entirely unrelated to diseases but <coughs> japanese beetles uh i have a a patch of grapes in well several places in the yard <clears throat> so I, I sprayed them with eight mm-hmm. and it does a pretty good job of protecting them i i'm, I'm amazed <coughs> at how well it works except for the new growth oh yeah yeah the beetles will find the new growth because it's growth not protected it's uh-huh. not protected because it's not systemic <coughs> yep so that does make a difference there but boy it does it, it acts as a pretty decent repellent <coughs> Once it's on the uh, yeah, once it's on it's, the plant, it's working. I, every every couple of days, I find a new plant that I have to spray. Yeah, and it's not like you're walking around the whole yard spraying no. everything. Oh, no, that no, you no. see, it's just <clears throat> you notice where the where the beetles are or the problem insect, and spot treat that area. Yep. And <clears throat> if, if the if it's a plant like your grapes, which is not blooming this time of year, you don't have to worry about pollinators yep. when you're spraying. If it's a plant like hollyhocks, which are in full bloom this time of year, <coughs> then you'll want yeah, to wait problem. until you know late evening, just before it gets dark, once the bees have gone bye-bye. And the, <coughs> and the flowers in hollyhock, they last only one day. Right. So once they close up, that's it. They're closed forever. Mm-hmm. So that works. So just be careful. <coughs> just understand what you're doing um, and, and use it appropriately. Yeah. And you can be, I'm not going to say you're going to prevent 100% of any pollinator death, but you can really be responsible and you know, minimize any overspray or casualties. A lo- you, can, you can minimize them quite a bit. If you're careful. If you're careful. And if you have any questions about that, why give us a call right here in the studio, 303-477-2473. I've only had to use the eight once so far this year on uh, on my apple tree of all things hmm. my potted yeah. espaliered apple <clears> tree <throat> yeah they were on the new growth and i just you know spritzed the new growth on the ends of the branches and obviously the tree isn't blooming this time of year so i wasn't mm-hmm. too concerned about bees haven't seen them since yep it works pretty good it also also keeps grasshoppers off if you have a problem with grasshoppers. grasshoppers. And it's not, I thought it was going to be a really bad year for grasshoppers, like last year. So far, not so bad this year. They're, they're a nuisance. Mm. But uh, I sprayed a few things that last year they just absolutely devastated. And so far, so good. Good. 
Oh, we're going to take a break? Yeah, we are. Uh, why don't you take one? I'll just keep talking here. Okay. okay. Well, well, Sean will just turn your microphone off. <laughs> All right, we can do that. Oh, we're going to keep rolling along here and, and vamp just a bit until Sean is ready. Okay. All right. All right, we're going to take a break now. We got permission. <laughs> we'll be back right after this on the Garden Wise Show on Legends 810. Do you have insects on your roses? Do you have borers damaging your trees and shrubs due to stress or the drought? Fertilome Tree and Shrub Drench is a great product that will give you season-long protection against many insects. Fertilome Tree and Shrub Drench can act as a preventer or a curative for insects that suck or chew on leaves or bore under the bark. This is the easiest product to use. Simply measure, mix in a bucket, and pour around the base of the tree. No messy spraying involved, and an application can last up to one year. Protect your trees with Fertilome Tree and Shrub Drench. Find it at a local independent nursery, garden center, or a hardware store, including Wilmore Nursery in Littleton, The Tree Farm in Longmont, Tagawa Gardens in Centennial, Nick's Garden Center in Aurora, Jared's Nursery in Littleton. To find your closest dealer, go to www.fertilome.com. That's www.fertilome.com. It's like the difference between soft, gentle rain. And a monsoon! That's how I compare the effect of a Dram Rain wand on plants to the hard blast of a typical spray nozzle attachment to your garden hose. Water flows through 400 tiny holes in the Dram Rain wand's soft shower nozzle to bathe and refresh your plants, not damage them or wash away soil. Its handy reach handle has a 60-degree bend and conveniently extends to more distant garden rows and hanging baskets. And there's a fingertip shutoff valve. No wonder professional growers in the greenhouses and nurseries use DRAM watering tools. Today, there are imitators, but nothing matches the superior quality of the original, invented over 50 years ago. They're simply the best. DRAM watering tools are available at Tagawa Gardens, Nick's Gardens, Jared's Garden Center, and Lafayette Florist and Greenhouse. Call into the Fix It Show with your questions about your home. Saturday morning at 9.30. Specializing in heating and cooling problems, legendary hosts Deborah and Adam bring decades of experience and award-winning expertise to their live, interactive Fix It Show. Helping your home weather Colorado's unique climate and temperature swings. You have questions, they have answers. Call into the Fix It Show every Saturday morning from 9.30 to 10.30 on Legends. And we are back. We're taking your phone calls right here on the, on the Garden Wise Show with the Garden Wise guys, all of which occurs on Legends 810. Right now, it looks like we have what I can read from here, which isn't all that great. Jackie? Yeah. Her name, it's Jackie. Good morning, Jackie. Thanks for calling the Wise Guys. What can we do for you? Hi, guys. Um, I have daylilies that have always bloomed, and this year they're just not blooming. Anything changed over the, the between this year and last year? No. I mean, no, not at all. I mean, they're watered with a sprinkler, and I just can't figure it out. It's just like... How long have they been in the ground? A long time. A long time. That could be one issue right there. I thought of that, yeah. Well, I've, it's been about 18 years. That oh, that my goodness. Yeah, the, the daylily people usually recommend that every four or five years you dig up the clump 
and you know divide it and replant it well there are about five there are about four or five varieties and they're smaller and bigger and uh-huh. yeah. different mm-hmm. colors and but it's uh ugh, i don't know if i can do that anymore Ugh. Yeah, you might need to, boy, I don't know who you hire anymore. <laughs> I, I, we used to say you hire one of the neighborhood kids, but neighborhood yeah, well, kids don't do that anymore. No, no they don't. So. No. But I, I have not fertilized them ever, but it, it, it could it be that? It could be that. Our, our, our soils are notoriously no, low in nitrogen, and oddly enough, daylilies are related to grasses, and they do respond to a nitrogen feed. Okay. So um, I would recommend, you know, in the spring, as soon as you start seeing new growth, is use a granular fertilizer of your choice for, for perennial beds. Sure. And use that about once a month through the growing season. So it's too, it's too late to revive them now. Well, it's not too late. You can go ahead and, and start feeding them now, and that will help beef them up for next year, so maybe they'll bloom sooner next year. Sure. Um, right. But are they, are they in a lot of sun? <coughs> Well, there is a honey locust tree that was tiny when we moved in, and now it's kind of large. Yeah, that that's another problem. <laughs> yes. Yeah, well, that I can't do anything. No, about. no. The only thing you could do there is to move the dailies completely out of that shady area and get them into a more sunny spot. That would help, too. Well, I live in Highlands Ranch, and moving anything to, to any place is like, uh, you know, especially when there's canvas or whatever and then rocks. And oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So I I don't really have a place that that's available. Well, then it might be it it might be an opportunity for something new there instead of daylilies, that's more shade tolerant. Well, actually, there's a rose bush that's doing beautifully right next right next to them. Oh well, I would think that if a rose is doing well, that there's enough sun. How how much direct <laughs> sun do they get during the day? How many hours, approximately? Well, it's uh, it's uh, it faces west, mm-hmm. so I I really I really don't know. Okay. <coughs> well, you might consider those options. You know, whether you try fertilizing, if that doesn't help, um, yeah. then then maybe it's time to trade daylilies out for something more shade tolerant. And there's and there are shastas there that are doing beautifully. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised. So all right, all right. So you think it's it's this? Well. All right, I'll I'll try fertilizing. That's the fir- that's the easiest thing to start with. Yeah. So, okay. What do you think, Jim? I the same thing. The only thing I was going to ask, additionally to that, is uh, describe your your watering procedure. How, 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 are they being watered automatically? Correct. And uh, do you know how long your water system is on when it does water? It's probably <coughs> five or ten minutes. I, I'm not sure. And it's how many times a week? A couple. I mean, I know it sounds like I don't know, but it's it's. I have twenty-one zones, and so I don't really sit yeah. there and watch. Well, it. Well, let me ask you something else. A general ask, not anything specific. Um, over the past week, <clears throat> I checked at uh, Denver International Airport. They lost one point eight inches of water. Oh my goodness! That's let's, let's just call it. Let's round it up to two inches. Do you think you're putting down two inches of water a week? Probably not. Yeah, but I, I thought, what, what did what did this last storm bring? This not know, this much. Yeah, yeah, we get <laughs> yeah we get a storm in our back you know, in our backyard in our neighborhood, <laughs> and we think, oh my goodness, it's just pouring, 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 and and we go out and and look at the rain gauge, and it's like a tenth of an inch. 
then well, it comes down so fast it runs off and yeah. doesn't soak in. Sure, because <coughs> it's dry. All right. Yeah. Well, all right. I'll, I'll try some of those things. Yeah, put some fertilizer on it, and if you can, you know, take out a five-gallon bucket of water and just throw it on it. Yeah, daylilies are not drought tolerant. Now, back east, you know, in Pennsylvania or North Carolina or whatever, where they get, you know, 150,000 inches of rain a year, <laughs> um, yeah, they're drought tolerant because a drought to them is nothing to us. <laughs> so um, a drought here or, or, you know, they just they need a good deal of supplemental watering. Well, actually, I have a hose nearby that I can water it. Back yeah, that, that yeah. would help if you got, I don't know what All kind right. of a, if you have a hose, a, a frog eye, for the end of your hose, just set that out there and let it run uh, okay. at least a half hour. Okay. All right. Well, I'll try. I'll try some of those things. All right. All right. Thanks, guys. You betcha. Okay. Bye. You happen to mention Pennsylvania for for daylilies. Daylilies, they're all along the turnpike. Oh, I'll bet. Uh, just growing wild. And how many inches of rain did did you get in your area when you were a kid? I can I can tell you right now that nobody knows. Really. <laughs> the weather people know, yeah, but don't, none of the people who live there know because they don't have to. They don't have to. Yeah, they don't want. They don't supplemental water or anything. Yeah, we didn't. Yeah, it was the same way for me in Kansas. Yeah, down in South Central Kansas, you know, thirty six, forty inches of moisture. Yeah, I would just uh, I made arrangements for a, a tour group to come in from Ames, Iowa. <clears throat> so I thought, you know, mm-hmm. I got I got to make a reference here. What kind of precipitation they're used to, and what we get here, mm-hmm. and uh, they get almost exactly twice as much as we're supposed to get here. Okay. Except last year we got only eight inches here. True. We're supposed to get somewhere between twelve and fifteen. And we've already probably exceeded so, that. So in Ames it's like twenty-four to thirty yeah. inches a year. Mm-hmm. <laughs> God. I have to make that reference because people come here from all over the place and they look at my front yard and I make I say, well, I don't water at all. And they look, and it just doesn't phase them at all because they're from back east. They yeah. don't water either. Well, true. Yeah. And so here they don't think, understand no, the difference. They don't understand. <laughs> I remember as a kid, I always used to ask my dad, why does our neighbor across the street water his lawn and we don't? Well, we had zoysia grass. Yeah. So it was pretty self-sufficient. Yeah. And, the, and a neighbor across the street insisted, in Kansas of all places, <laughs> in having a bluegrass lawn. Yes. And my dad would look at me, he goes, because he's an idiot, son. <laughs> <laughs> he never really told me why. Oh, okay. <laughs> I had to learn that yeah. for myself. Yeah, dads are that way. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. Hey, give us a call out there. We don't have any callers on our board here. I want to see our board light up like a Christmas tree. 303-477-2473. Yes, sir, Bob. And I should mention right now, <clears throat> I happen to notice this is an ongoing saga in my place. What's it's that? Is watching our neighbor take care of things. Oh, dear. He's brand new. I don't know that he's ever ever owned any place that that ever had a green thing growing on it. So anyway, uh, one of the first things he did in the first week that he moved in, he planted a whole bunch of trees and decided, I'm not going to water them. Mm-hmm. It took about three days, and the trees are flagging, starting to turn yellow. <laughs> oh, of course. I'm surprised it took that long. <laughs> really? So anyway, I looked out. I saw they had done some more work. So I went over and looked, and they staked them. Oh, that helps. Yes. And these have giant balls on them, uh-huh. and they're not going anywhere. No. Okay, they don't need to be staked. <laughs> right. They're staked anyway. And I looked at how they staked them, and they happened to be a wrapper on the ground from the 
from the, the device they used, and it's from, and I'll have to mention this. I just have to mention this. It's Vigoro is the name okay, of the Okay, yeah. Uh-huh. They have a tree staking kit. Okay. It consists of, you know, a bunch of polypropylene rope. Okay. And some hose. To run the rope through. Yes. And then wrap around the branches. And wrap around the branches, not the trunk. Not the trunk. The branches. Oh, for crying out loud. How did you get that? So I went online and looked at the, at the Vigoro tree staking kit. And they have a picture of them staking, putting the, the rubber hose, which, are, which is a no-no and has been for years, around the branches mm-hmm. and tie their branches to the ground. And these are not big branches. Mark. This is a great way to break branches off your tree. Exactly. So constant tension on these branches. <laughs> anyway, I have pictures. You want to take a look at that. And this is what happens when you buy things from a big box store. Because they don't know any better. <clears throat> and you would think Vigoro. They've been in the business for a long time. Well, in the fertilizer business, not in the tree staking business. Yeah, but what does it take? You go online and you know look at ISA or any u- university site about how to stake a tree, and they'll tell you exactly how to do it. Well, I bet that requires effort and a little thought. So anyway, it's a continu- They rely on the ignorance of the American public <laughs> is what's happening. <laughs> it's a continuing saga. <laughs> okay. Yeah. They finally put drip lines out there to the trees. No. Yeah, they're just, and you look at the base of the tree, and there's just curled up little, ooh, little, little drip line. Just <clears> one? Just one at, at the base of the tree. Yeah. <laughs> and it runs it for 10 and, minutes. And there's no stake or anything. You know, there's no yeah. spray stake. There's no dripper at the end of them. It's just an open little tiny hose mm-hmm. just laying out in the ground there. Some of them are at the base of the tree, and the other ones are like three feet away. Oh, for crying out loud. <laughs> so I'll be taking lots of pictures and putting them on Facebook and telling people how not to do things. Now, the right way to do things is to use straps. <clears throat> yes. Now, you can usually get these at the garden center. Might be able to get them at a big box store. I don't know. But I know the garden centers have them. They're the, they're the, the straps are like the webbing that you used on lawn chairs, but they're yeah. it's better. Yeah. Um, and then there's grommets at each end. Yep. So you wrap the strap around the trunk of the tree <coughs> and tie your rope through the grommets and down to your stake. And by the way, when you do that, you tie them to the stake. You do not make them tight. No. The tree needs to move a little. Yes, the tree has to move a little. And we can go into telling you why that is, but just, just trust me. This is the way you're supposed to do it. Mm-hmm. And how high up on the tree? Uh, these are like five feet up. Yeah. And actually, you should put this... The the stay or the the ties in the tree as low on the tree as 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 is necessary to keep that tree from moving rocking back and forth. Right, but you also need it so that the straps don't slide up and down yep. too. And I like this. I like the stakes, the peg stakes, low in the ground, uh, so that the <coughs> the rope goes up, travels up the tree to the to the straps rather than those gigantic big logs that they pile in the ground pound, pound in the ground I don't yeah. I don't care for those kind of sticks yeah. so. I usually use those in commercial um, yeah. well commercial and in like park like yeah, settings because people have a tendency to hit them with cars yeah or, or just, just go out there and I suppose you could use delinquents stakes. And, yeah. yeah you, you could, could use do, the yeah, metal tea stakes if you that. want to but and if you're going to eat two two methods of putting the steak in the ground you pound them all the way so they're flush with the ground 
<clears throat> or you leave them standing high mm -hmm. so you don't trip over them, so you see them. Yeah. There you go. So these will work. But don't make them. And then leave them on for no more than a year. Year. That's all you need. Yep. You leave and them on any longer than that. The tree suffers. <coughs> it won't tell you that it's suffering, but it does. Yep. And if you keep them really tight for more than a year and you take them off and all of a sudden the tree snaps off where, they, mm -hmm. where it was tied to the trunk. Yeah. Well, that's because it was too tight to begin with. And too long. Too long. Yeah. Have we beat that dead yeah. horse? <laughs> I don't know. It, I, I likened it to having a broken leg and you have to put a cast on it. Mm -hmm. uh, and, and typically you take it off of, as soon as you can, mm -hmm. you know, safely. You don't leave it on for a year or two years. Because if you did that, your, your leg would atrophy and it would be much, much weaker than the other leg. Yeah, exactly. Just because you left it on too long. Mm -hmm. Need that movement. All right, enough of that. I'm off that. We need to take a break. I, <laughs> we need to recover from this. Okay. <laughs> That's right. I, I need an adult beverage. Uh, Sean, we're going to take a break now. Are you ready? All right, we're going to take a little break. Not very long one. Right here on Garden on the Garden Watch Show on Legends 810. Does your yard look a little peaked after that long, hot summer? Or does your yard look okay and you want to keep it that way? Now's the time to apply one of the most important applications of the year, Fertilome Lawn Food Plus Iron. Lawn Food Plus Iron is a unique blend of fertilizers designed not to burn and to help your yard recover from the heat and stress of the summer. This special formula has an extra 3% iron for added greening power without adding extra mowings. Use the product the professionals use. Try Fertilome Lawn Food Plus Iron. Available at your favorite independent Fertilome retailer, including Wilmore Nursery in Littleton, The Tree Farm in Longmont, Tagawa Gardens in Centennial, Nick's Garden Center in Aurora, and Jared's Nursery in Littleton. To find your closest dealer, go to www.fertilome.com. How do you know when a Colorado summer is truly in full swing? When you grab a paper towel in one hand, a Palisade peach in the other, and savor the juicy results like nobody's watching. This is Luann Aiken, Tagawa's Garden Ambassador. The Palisade peach season is in full swing at Tagawa's. Peach pie, peach jam, grilled peaches. However you love them best, now is the time to jump in and celebrate this Colorado summer tradition. We have hydroponic heirloom tomatoes too. Big, hefty tomatoes, the perfect topping for a two fisted hamburger or my favorite an old-fashioned tomato sandwich and don't be scared away from planting just because the days are hot trees and shrubs and beautiful perennials all can go in now just pay extra attention to the water for you while you're planting and for the plants while they're settling in over the rest of the summer for lots of gardeners the veggie harvest is going strong my own garlic crop is coming in gangbusters check out my brand new video on how to harvest homegrown garlic just click on the YouTube icon at TagawaGardens.com and let me know what you think. With lots of gardening still on tap for this summer, come see us at Tagawa's. We are your garden store and so much more. And we are back. I told you it wouldn't be very long. Uh, we are here on the Garden Wise Show on Legends 810 with the Garden Wise Guys. And... Uh, Asking people to give us a call about your gardening situation. 303-477-2473. That's right. In here. And that'll get you all the way up to the 12th floor. Yeah, and, we, and you don't have to have any extra power to do that. No, no. 
We have a Wi-Fi booster or something. We do. I don't know what it is. <laughs> anyway, we've got Charlene on the line right now out in Thornton. Good morning, Charlene. Hi. Hey, what's going on? Nothing. Nothing? Just waiting to hear for, or talk to you guys. All right. I, my question is really simple. Okay. It's about the product called 8 that you talk about. Yes. Where do you buy it? Almost any garden center is going to have it. It's uh, the, the brand is Bonide, B-O-N-I-D-E. Okay. And then the product is called Eight E I G H T. Okay. And you can get it in a ready-to-use trigger sprayer, a concentrate, or what they call ready-to-spray, which is a concentrate that's got a hose end sprayer at the top all ready to go. So you just hook it to your hose and go. Okay, great. Sounds good. All right. All right. Thanks, guys. You, you bet. bet. Thanks for calling, Charlene. Uh huh. Bye. <clears throat> yeah, it's good stuff. It's permethrin is what's in it. Yeah. And if you're concerned about uh, synthetic products like that, you might want to Google permethrin and take a look at it. Mm -hmm. uh, and Google the product 8 <coughs> and take a look at that and make sure that it's something that you're comfortable using. I know I am. Jim is. Yeah, Silence. I don't go spraying it all over myself. No, I stopped doing that years ago. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> and it doesn't taste very good. And it doesn't, it doesn't smell very bad. No, there's hardly any um, odor to it. Hardly any odor. And once you spray it, you may smell it. And then, <clears throat> you know, five minutes later, it's gone. You can't yeah. smell anything. And the cool thing is it's, it's formulated in such a way that it can be used not only on your trees and shrubs and perennials and roses, uh, but your vegetables and fruit trees. It's yes. got a label for that. It's even got a label for houseplants. Uh, on vegetables, I think it's a three-day wait. To, mm -hmm. to go in there i i was just thinking the other day and that depends what you're spraying it does uh i was thinking we have rhubarb that grasshoppers like oh um i try to get them <coughs> keep it harvested so that they have <laughs> they have brand new growth to eat <laughs> I, I try to take care of my grasshoppers <laughs> you're I so considerate I, jim <clears throat> i could spray the leaves and it wouldn't affect the parts that you eat that's true and then there are certain there are certain vegetables like tomatoes that have a shiny waxy skin that's it's easy to wash off yeah versus something like beans which is kind of furry furry yeah so there's a little bit longer wait to harvest but i don't know if anybody's harvesting beans yet no which reminds me i have to go home and <coughs> stake mine what? i have to stake my bush beans stake your bush beans <laughs> why is that i don't know I, the package clearly said bush beans. That's what I bought them as because I, I want to grow only bush beans. I don't want to <clears throat> have to build this bean architecture in my garden. Yeah. But it looks like I'm going to have to do it anyway. <laughs> Ooh, I was, at, I was at one of those um, one, of, one of those arts and crafts stores the other day. Mm -hmm. And they had a section in the middle of the store that was 66% off. And they had topiary structures. Oh. I picked up a topiary structure for like 10 bucks. For what? I don't know yet. <laughs> a true gardener. For next year. <laughs> that's, that's how we both buy plants. Exactly. <laughs> Ooh, look at that one. Yeah. <laughs> and then you get it home. It's like, then you ask the question, where am I going to put this? Yeah. Well, it's like that Facebook funny that I saw the other day is one guy's, it, it's a cartoon, and one guy standing there says, who are we? And a crowd over here says, we're gardeners. 
And the first guy says, what do we want? And the crowd says, more plants. Yeah. And the first guy says, where are we going to put them? And the g- crowd says, we don't know. <laughs> <laughs> How true. How true. You see the pictures every now and again on Facebook of people. This is typically, I find, in, in England, <clears throat> people don't have trucks over there, by and large, like they do over here, or big SUVs. So <laughs> they cram everything in the backseat of their car. <laughs> I mean, it's filled from the bottom to the top. Jay uh-huh. for scrapers, pots, and just literally just jammed in there. Yeah. <laughs> More plants. I love it. Those are my kind of people. They are. I wish I had those plants. I wish I had a place to plant them. Mm. You have lots of room. Oh, I do, but I don't have the climate that they do. Oh, I see. So I suspect I everything you. they have in their car wouldn't grow here anyway. Yeah, people ask me, where are you going to plant this stuff? I mean, your yard is full. Of- oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> I can see soil. <laughs> There's room. <laughs> so I have a little bit of grass. <laughs> That's right. If I can see soil, if I can see mulch, there's room for another plant. That's right. I don't believe in this negative space business. No. (laughs) No. (laughs) All right. Let's get back out to the phones. We've got Terry waiting to talk to us out in Lakewood. Good morning, Terry. Good morning. How are you? Great. What's going on with you today? Well, as typical, it's always the grass in my backyard that is a problem. And I listened to your first caller this morning talking about the brown spots and the roots under the grass and the problem. And I have that same situation going on in my yard, too. Um, Unfortunately, this spring, my yard people did not aerate my lawn. So my lawn is really pretty hard. And um, my yard guy said to me the other day, he said, well, we could either put uh, Revive down now or fertilizer. And I use Pro-Rich. Good. So, which do you think is the best thing to do, or both right now? Both. Both. And okay. I, I'd go with the liquid revive. Okay. And you can spray that on yourself. Okay. You don't need a yard I, guy to do it. I can do that. That's right. You sound very capable. Well, let's hope I'm capable enough to do that. Yeah. And, and the, the thing I like about the liquid is... As you're putting it down, the places, the parts of the yard that look decent, you know, just give it a normal coating. If if you get to a place that looks extra stressed, you can you can you know linger there for a little bit and okay. put more down. Okay. And because my lawn is so stressed, <clears throat> I'm also uh, struggling with that black medic. I think it's called. Oh, I hate yeah. that stuff. Yeah. Yeah, and um, I have been trying to use uh, fertilomes. I think it's. We it's just in the little hand spray one, mm-hmm. but um, I don't know. My yard guy said that they could spray something that they would get at Home Depot or something called Stricticide or something like that. Spectricide. Spectricide. Yeah. 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 It's it's really that, it's not going to be any better than the Fertilome weed weed free zone or weed out. Okay. Okay. All right. Just then. be persistent. Well, yeah, black medic is uh, <clears throat> and uh, black medic is difficult to get rid of with the spray. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I usually go in there and uh, you can, if your grind is nice and moist, you can pull it. And I try to do that at some, you know, in some parts of it, but um, <clears throat> and as far as spraying it, it's kind of right up next to um, my rose bed, and I don't know whether that's damaging my roses to 
get that sprayed that close to that. It shouldn't damage the roses, uh, other than as the spray dries, it, uh, there are some fumes involved. And, uh-huh. and that can go up and, and bother the roses. So if you put up some sort of a little barrier, cardboard barrier or something like that for, uh, you know, half an hour or so, you'll be fine. Okay. And then that'll be nice, too, for the Japanese beetles because they'll know right where to go, too. Yeah, there you oh, go. Oh, yeah. You, <clears throat> you, you need to help them. Yes, right. <laughs> hey, let me ask you something, Terry. How, how are you watering the lawn and how often? I, I have a, a sprinkler system and... Um, I have. I think maybe I have been watering it too often because it has looked so bad. I did have a, a young man come from CSU Extension and look at my lawn, and he did give me some helpful uh, tips on it. But he he suggested that maybe um, some parts of my lawn, because the water is just not going through, mm-hmm. just because of that. Um, uh, that fungus or whatever that is that you were talking about with the first call. Yeah, the revival helped a lot with that, getting the water into the ground. Okay. Yeah, and he also, of course, said that, you know, we really missed the boat by not getting the rest aerated too. So. Yeah, yeah. But you <coughs> yeah, can do that this I fall. Think, okay. And so I'll put up the little um, tuna cans and see how much water I'm getting and... Uh, Keep hoping for rain, but no rain here yesterday. So, yeah, like Jim said, we're we're losing close to two inches a week. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, you need to adjust your sprinkler systems accordingly. Right, right. But I thank you so much for the information about um, what's the right thing to put on right now. Uh, and so we will proceed with um, the renew, the right. revive, and then the. Fertilizing. There you go. Thank you, gentlemen, very much. You bet. Thanks for calling, Terry. Thank you. Bye. Only a few minutes left this hour, but there's really time to give us to give a call uh, to us with a quick question. You know, what color is the sky? That kind of thing. (laughs) That's right. Or you can get in the queue for the next hour, which is only like a thirty-second break from the first to the second hour. Yeah. Three zero three four seven seven twenty four seventy three. Twenty four seventy three is the last four digits. And uh, that'll get you in there. My crocosmia are glorious right now. Yeah, good. If you've never planted crocosmia, it's the variety called Lucifer, which is really the only one that's hardy enough to grow here. Uh, Intensely neon red, tubular-shaped flowers on these long, arching stems that the hummingbirds just go nuts over. And you should be able to find those in the garden centers in full bloom right now. You can plop them in the ground right away. Yep. There's nothing wrong with planting this time of year. Absolutely nothing wrong with it. Instant flowers. That's right. That's what we need. Instant flowers. I had hummingbirds. Speaking of hummingbirds, I had a hummingbird fly through the backyard as I was sitting there looking out. <clears throat> he went right to my canna musifolia flowers. Did he? Yeah. I saw the pictures of those that you posted. <clears throat> yeah, I had one plant last year. <laughs> and it turned into a, a giant plant. <laughs> and uh, just... Cut all the stems off and took the whole pot and everything, just threw it in the back porch. Didn't water, didn't do anything to it. Put it in the dark, actually. Yeah. And uh, it knew when to start growing this spring, and that's when I took it out, and, boy, I had a hard time getting that out of that pot. It was really in there, I tell you. Well, and you gave me several plants from it. Oh, yeah. I gave Keith a whole bunch of them, and uh, I kept and started 
four pots. No, actually five. And they're all turning into giant plants. <laughs> I water them three, four times a day. <laughs> I don't water mine that often. I fertilize mine gets once a week or so. Fertilize every other day. Every other day? With half strength fertilizer. Yeah. And they just suck it up. I put water in the saucer <coughs> that they're in. Try to keep water in it at all times, but it doesn't work that way. And in 10 minutes, it will suck down that water halfway. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God, they are water hogs. Now, you, why don't you explain, I mean, that what makes this canna different than the ones you can buy in the garden center? It's probably the biggest canna that I, can, that I have seen and gone <coughs> on, the, on the Internet. There, there are probably bigger ones out there in the wild someplace, but commercially, this is the only one that gets this big. <clears throat> One of mine is now over eight feet tall. And it's kind of musifolia, and <clears throat> the musifolia refers to bananas. Yes. Bananas, the, the genus name of bananas is, is musa. musa. Yeah. And so musifolia, banana-like leaves. Yes. They're enormous, and yeah, they're, they're purple. Leaves. Yeah, and they're purple. Yep, very nice. And then flower spikes up above are fire engine red. So it's a nice combination of purple and, and, and red. They're very dramatic. If you want to create some sort of a fast-growing, easy-to-grow tropical effect for your back patio. Absolutely. And one that you can keep over the winter. Uh, doesn't take much. Just put it in a cool place for the winter. I leave Ignore them, it. I leave all of my cannas. I have five varieties now in pots. And I, in the fall, when the frost knocks them down, I cut them to the ground, take them in the basement, I have an unfinished basement, and they sit under a table all winter long. Yeah. I don't water them once. Yeah. Never. Don't water. do anything. And the right time next uh, spring, whenever that happens to be, anywhere from March until June. <laughs> At some point in time, they just start growing. They just start growing, and you can put them outside and start it all over again. You may want to repot them if they've uh, really filled up the pot. And just put some new soil in. Mm -hmm. And then separate them so you have more. To give away to friends. Yeah. yeah. Like you did. Yeah, and trade. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> <laughs> I think I, I got uh, some bitcoins from Keith. Yes, you did. Yeah. yeah I, I'm keeping them Doge coins, though. <laughs> okay. I consider all of those pretty worthless. <laughs> yes. I don't understand a single one. I, I don't either. <laughs> and the price goes up, you know, thousands per bitcoin or down to dimes. I, it's just <laughs> I, I, saw, I saw a reporter <clears throat> questioning, I think it was Elon Musk, about Dogecoin. What is it? And, he, and Elon Musk goes off on this long t uh, rant about what it is. And then the reporter looks at him and goes, but what is it? Well, what, and exactly. He, Elon goes again. <laughs> this is long explanation. And then the reporter goes, but what is it? <laughs> and they must have repeated that five or six times. But what is it? I've read those explanations of what these Bitcoin things. And there's lots of them. Not just, Bitcoin's just one of them. There's a bunch. And I read, the, <laughs> I read the, the explanation, and I come away thinking, <laughs> yeah, but what is it? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. All right, we have to get out of here because uh, we have music. Yeah, okay, here. Boomer. <laughs> okay. Oh, <laughs> uh, dear, don't go anywhere. We're coming back pretty doggone quick. Uh, this is the shortest break in history. So don't go anywhere. The Garden Wise guys will be back here soon on the Garden Wise Show on Legends 810.